Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Our show today is about something that is essential for you to be able to safely, successfully, and happily navigate your life, especially during these times of global awakening and of course, transformation. One of the challenging aspects of our current times is that so much is in a state of constant flux that even the near instant level that global communication technology offers us, the information we seem we get seems to change minute by minute. Isn't that the truth? In fact, partially because of the near instant transmission of data around the world, that we now have access to, we are offered conflicting information and reports almost instantly as well. The miracle panacea of the day becomes the scapegoat for everyone's ills the next day, of course. It practically, in practically every arena of daily life, the expert's most informed advice today seems to become obsolete or even contraindicated a few days later. Whose information, advice, or recommendations are you to follow if you hope to make wise decisions in your life? What media services can be trusted to provide accurate, non-biased, and factual journalism slash information? Plus, with the easy access to a multitude of social media platforms, anyone Anywhere can transmit misinformation unwittingly and more than likely deliberately as experts and can very easily tout themselves to be experts. We no longer can assume what anyone means when they say something like, do the right thing. As part of the collective awakening process, it's becoming increasingly clear that one person's or group's right thing is another's wrong thing. Life isn't black or white. In truth, life is never either or anything. Real life is undivided and therefore doesn't work in an either or world. The letter of the law only works in the context of the spirit in which the law was written. One size of any part of life doesn't fit all. Any part of our society that was based on an either-or principle is crumbling. Life offers both and and is forever inclusive. Computers and technology in general can only follow the letter of the law or, in other words, its programming. What artificial intelligence will never be able to do is to consider the spirit of the law or, more accurately, the spirit of of who we all are. The intellect cannot fully support or validate spirit. An underlying factor driving our global awakening and resulting transformation 
is the need for humanity to step up from having long survived as a body-based intellectual race into learning to live together as a spirit-centered intuitive race. Maybe we're a little ahead of our times on this, but this is where we're headed. What will allow us to make that step up collectively is for each of us to learn to live much more by intuition or turning within intuitively, to intuitively know our own truth and answers and not be so dependent on others' information, judgments, and opinions. That doesn't mean you have to not listen to what others have to say or offer. It doesn't mean to ignore sage advice and information given by those with expertise and experience in their given field of endeavor. It means that you can listen to anyone safely because you use your intuitive knowing to determine what information you can use and what you need to set aside or toss out. And living by your own intuitive knowing makes you much more tolerant of varying opinions and how each person chooses to live because you'll know that intuition is tailor-made for each person. What is the right thing to do for one person is not necessarily the right thing to do for another person. And with communication and cooperation, they could live in harmony with each other. That's a really important point. So this is the time for learning and practicing living much more by intuition. But in order to successfully do that, you would need to be able to trust yourself. If you don't trust yourself enough, you won't be able to trust what you know within yourself. If you don't trust what you know within yourself, you won't be able to decide to act upon what you already know. For that reason, we chose our topic of exploration and discussion for today, trusting yourself, living by intuition. All too often, we've seen people who were generally, genuinely interested in living more by their intuition not follow through because they felt they didn't know whether they could trust their intuitive knowing. In most cases, The people focused on what they intuitively knew at the moment or what their intuition was telling them about something. They were learning, they were looking at whether they should trust that information and act upon it or not. And that's where they stopped and continued to live by their intellect and reliance upon available information in the world. For one thing, there are many things in life where you can rely on available expertise and experience of others who have gone before you. We don't need to sit down and meditate for an hour each time we are going to do something in life. We would end up not doing much that way. So turning inward to your own intuitive knowing is especially important when you are taking a new step in your life and entering a yet unknown territory. There may be no clear-cut precedents, no historically established process. When you are faced with something like that is what you need is when you need your intuition even more. And remember that it isn't what your intuition is telling you or what you intuitively know within you about the situation, person or thing that you need to make a decision about that you need to be able to trust. You need to be able to trust where that information is coming from, namely yourself and who you are inside. 
In a sense, it would be somewhat like being able to count on accuracy of, say, a news report if you knew it came from a highly trusted source, whether that source was a particular journalist or a certain news service. In the case of what you know through your intuition, the source is from who you are in truth. There is a big difference between who you truly are inside and who you or others may think you are. True intuition comes from within the real spirit, you or your beingness. It doesn't come from your intellect or what you learned in school or from others. When you trust yourselves, then you can access your true intuition. If you don't trust yourself enough, your awareness can turn towards some source other than yourself, which will give you information that is not from within your own inner knowing. That's usually why many people have a hard time trusting. The source of the information they get isn't always reliable. Well, you know, what I've observed among many people struggling with their intuition or trusting what information or answers they get in their mind is that they haven't learned what source of information they're turning into. Uh, To many people, tuning into their intuition means paying attention to what pops up in their mind when they ask themselves a question. They consider something and something pops up in their mind. Well, sometimes they can tap into their own intuitive knowing, but at other times they can tap into other sources of information and communication in their mind as well. For example, can you tell the difference in your head between random thoughts that pop up throughout your day, your own creative thinking process, you becoming aware of thoughts in your memories of past experiences, picking up someone else's thoughts, another being telling you something, or your own intuition. As you practice trusting yourself, you'll access your true intuition more and more and be able to differentiate between that and all the other sources of information available as well as fake news. (laughs) One of the important things to remember is what Raphael pointed out earlier, that spirit is all-inclusive. So when you use your intuition, you're accessing the all-knowingness of spirit within your own being, and the knowing that you will have is never either-or. Any kind of either-or expectation or demand or ultimatum that you encounter in your mind is of the ego and not of spirit. Also, any intuitive knowing you experience would be neutral and not vested one way or another. The information will not be for or against anything. There be no biased judgment about something. It would be a matter of truth, just what is, especially for you. That is why five people all using their intuition about a certain situation may get five different answers with regards to that situation for themselves. Even in something as mundane as which way to turn at the next corner to get somewhere, 
Your intuition may offer you the best route for you to go, even if someone else's intuition tells them a different route to do the same thing. Each would have what is ultimately correct for them. What happens at times, because intuition has a bigger perspective on what you need, for one person, going a certain way to their current destination may put them in contact with a person they need to meet. Whereas for another person, the fastest way to get to the same place is the most important consideration at the time. More than a few times, following my intuition that told me to go even in the wrong direction for a while, got me out of a dangerous situation. I had no idea of it happening that way until way later on, if I had gone the, quote, correct way. As for the various other kinds of information that you may encounter in your mind that I mentioned earlier, of course, for most people, the most common one is probably the random thoughts that pop around in your mind when you're paying attention to what's going on in there. When you're busy, engaged in whatever you're doing and purposefully thinking about, you may not notice all of those passing random thoughts that just seem to flip by. Those thoughts can have several different sources. Some could be thoughts that have been preserved in the mental image pictures that become your memories of past experiences, right? For example, you may unconsciously call up a memory picture of when your frightened and worried mother scolded you, don't do that, about something you were about to do that might have been dangerous when you were, say, four years old. That may come up in relationship to you trying to make an important decision about whether you need to sign the business contract or perhaps get into this new relationship. And you might get that command in your head. Don't do that. <laughs> if you're tapping into a memory picture, you'll experience some of, at least some of your mother's worry and fear that she was in at the time when you got that message and when that you had that experience, the memory is about. And it would also probably feel a bit like you're being scolded. <laughs> what are you doing that for? <laughs> no, that's dangerous. You know, like that. Remember, with intuition, there won't be anyone else's agenda driving it. Ah, If you get the message that it would be best for you to not pursue that contract or not pursue that relationship, it would be a more matter-of-fact response that you would be best served for the purpose you're seeking to fulfill if you didn't go along with it. In my experience, even when my intuition told me to do something immediately, there was no sense of fear or anxiety or demanding in that message or instruction. It was simply a matter of fact command, like, look up. <laughs> and I go, okay. And yeah, there's something falling down on my head. <laughs> Move out of the way. There was that certainty of spirit that tells me that there's not inherent doubt or suspicion or fear. Ah, yeah, that's one of the ways you can definitely tell if you're tapping into your intuition or into someone's fear, someone's considerations, pastime information, memory stuff, you know, or someone wanting you out of the way, whatever it is. 
A lot of the thoughts you may get into your head also could come from you picking up others' thoughts and desires. Those could come from just lingering thought forms in the air where someone or a group of people expressed strong thoughts and emotions sometime before you were there and you just walk into it. Others could come from a person at the time you picked it up. They may be right next to you or across the room or whatever and bing, you pick up their thoughts. Other times people can actually direct their thoughts and desires towards you such as you shouldn't be here or I want you, right? Especially when you're trying to make a decision about something that other people have vested interest in, some of those people may be trying to mentally push you to make that decision that's favorable to them, not necessarily to you. (laughs) I've noticed that quite a few times when I was purchasing something, especially more costly like a car or a house or a souped up smartphone. The salesperson would be trying to inject their desire for me to just hurry up and sign the contract (laughs) or for me to buy the more expensive item or add on this and this and that and the other thing. And uh, if I were tuning into my intuitive knowing within, the thoughts and desires from that salesperson would be distinctly different than What I know intuitively is correct for me for the purpose for which I'm considering purchasing that thing. For example, according to various specs and pre-considered options in a house that I would buy and live in, the house that we ended up buying had a few major things that didn't quite fit that bill. But my intuition told me that it was definitely the house to buy and live in at this time. I think it was a similar experience for Raphael as well. I've been very grateful every day since we moved into our house to be living in this house on this property. And even if some of those things that didn't quite make the grade for us as far as the house is concerned, we're still working on to fix it one by one over time. It's all working. Yes, indeed it is. And we're very happy to be here. Well, we're coming up to our first break. For all the details for any events we have, we do have one of these coming up actually in November. Um, Just go to our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. We will return in just a couple of minutes to continue trusting yourself, living by intuition. We'll see you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. 
Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, today we're living in the middle of a global awakening And there's not a better time to step up in trusting yourself and live true to your own intuitive knowing. So let's continue with our exploration of that. And I'm going to turn it right over to Michael since Ah. he was still... Yes, uh, going on and on. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what we do on these shows? Yes. Uh, uh, As they say, uh, I have to start the uh, uh, new chapter of the... Uh, on anonymous, on and on anonymous. <laughs> oh well. Okay. <laughs> well, before the break, I was talking about uh, the discerning, you know, the the different sources of information that we get in our own mind. It's not from the outside world uh, in the sense of uh, it's you don't read it uh, in the newspaper, you don't read it on the line, you don't hear about it from somebody else. But you do inside. So uh, I was talking about, you know, when somebody's wanting to sell you something, whether whether it's a salesperson really wanting to close the deal or someone wants to sell you something personally, like more personal in terms of like a family member wants you to move over here instead of over there, move closer to them or far away from them as possible. <laughs> or, or you know, kind of setting you up to be more amenable when they come to ask for a big loan, whatever the case might be. There's, you know, people are always trying to sell something, right? Uh, as far as in terms of their own personal agenda. So those kinds of thoughts can come into your mind very clearly and you got to be able to discern, oh, those are not my, in, th- that's not my intuition telling me that stuff. That's someone else's thoughts going, hey, I want you to do this or you better do that or else. <laughs> and, and then other times it's, it's memories, right? You, when when uh, uh, you encounter an experience, especially a more intensive kind of an experience or you're, you're more concerned or whatever, and Oh, similar things happen earlier on in your life. And especially if it didn't, you know, go so well or there was a fear involved, there was pain involved, whatever, it tends to pop up in your mind. And we call that matching pictures. And and uh, if you are not careful and, and be stay aware, aware and awake, then you fall into those images and you start to react according to those past memories rather than what's happening today, right here, right now. And when you make a decision out of a reaction, especially emotional, intellectual reaction, 
Well, it generally doesn't turn out very well because it, it, it's not based on the present. It's not based on the truth. It's not based on what's actually in front of you. So also another thing is people often overthink in making an important decision. I'm not saying that you shouldn't reflect upon the decision you're needing to make carefully and consider the various factors involved in your decision-making process. The way I found to be most helpful is to consider the pertinent information I already have, as well as what I learned from doing some external research, and then apply my intuitive knowing to the whole situation and the purpose for which I'm making that decision. Then I get usually the best outcome, even those that often exceeded my expectations or, or that I had even considered. There's been many times that my intuitive knowing confirmed my external research findings and just as many times, other times, when it presented a completely different choice than what everything and everyone and all the experts tell me this is the way to go, but my intuition says go the other way. One thing I've always experienced was that every time I followed my intuition anyway, regardless of whether it had agreement from other sources or not, the choice that I made turned out to be the best and most beneficial choice for me, especially in the long run even if it wouldn't be for other people to make the same choice. Now, aside from the practice of recognizing the source of your information that you find in your mind and gaining certainty, in the certainty inherent in spirit and intuition, learning to and practicing trusting yourself as the real source of your knowing is the most important factor in living by intuition much more day to day. It's quite fascinating that so many people have difficulties trusting themselves. Wouldn't you think that trusting yourself is the most natural and easiest thing to do? Since you are you <laughs> and you know you better than anyone else, right? Wouldn't that make yourself the most trustworthy being to trust? <laughs> well, Therein lies the rub, as they say. <laughs> you have history. You know, <laughs> a lot of times couples might say, we have history. <laughs> but you have history. You remember that you have failed, made mistakes, did things you later regretted doing, and much more in the negative column of your life scorecard. Okay, <laughs> how can you possibly trust yourself that this time things will turn out considerably better? What if you blow it even more this time? Yes, fear tends to raise its scary head when you're considering taking a leap of faith. And it's always a kind of leap of faith whenever you're making a new decision or choosing to do something you haven't done before. You don't intellectually know that you're going to make the right decision or that the thing will turn out all right. If you play any kind of sport, whenever you play the game, you don't know how it's going to play out or the final outcome of the game, right? But just because you don't know how it's going to play out, 
you don't not play, correct? If you, if you continue to play the sport, you will win some and lose some. That's, that's pretty much of a given. And the more you play it, the more chances you'll have to win some and lose some. You, you can't let the possible outcome of the game determine whether you're going to play and continue to play it or not. Once you commit to playing the game, then you can follow your intuition and your best expertise in the matter to play it in a way that will give you the best possibilities of, say, in the game, winning. It's essentially the same with pretty much anything else you do in life. Even though it's not about winning, it's about, you know, having here's the outcome you'd like in whatever you're doing. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> That's what sportsmanship is all about. Yeah. And so when you play a sport or some kind of game, what is it that you trust about yourself that allows you to play, not knowing the outcome or even how it's going to unfold? You have to trust yourself that no matter the outcome, you won't forsake yourself. At the end of the day, or the end of the game, you trust that you will continue to choose to love and care for yourself regardless of winning or losing or how it plays out even. That's how it is also when you make a decision to go all in with a partner or a team. It's not that you have to trust each person. It's that you have to trust yourself that no matter what happens, you will still be true to yourself. When you have that trust in yourself, you have the courage to take that leap of faith and commit to something, even if you have no idea where it's going to take you or how it's going to end up. You become invincible when you know you will love yourself regardless of what you go through. So get into the practice of loving yourself, regardless of what happens in your life every day. Our worldly life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns. Choosing to be true to yourself, regardless, is the real basis of your trusting yourself. That you can practice every day in everything you do. It's that spirit of make it or break it, here I come. And Michael absolutely lives by that. I can guarantee it, <laughs> having been with him for 34 years. You know, there was a time um, a number of years ago when he was going down to L.A. a lot, and um, he was driving by himself because I had a lot of duties at the house, and I didn't have to look after him as much as I do these days. <laughs> so he was um, staying with a couple for a long time. And um, because he was there for a week or two at a time, uh, he became very close with the woman in the couple. She uh, would set up the space for him and everything like that. And and he would bounce like he would do with when he was with me. He would bounce some of his ideas about things off of her. And at one point they got really excited about some ideas but when it was presented to me it was 
totally not in my realm of this isn't for me kind of thing. It would be something Michael would have to commit to and involve some people in and so on. And my intuition said, if we do this, we're going to go in the wrong direction. And the cool thing about that was Michael respected my opinion because it would involve me. And so, you know, when you're working with your intuition, you're also working with like in groups or, um, you know, in a company, it might be a, a group of people that are working to move the company forward and so on. There might be five or six or 10 people's intuition involved. And everyone has to be at least, uh, let's say, amenable to listening to the viewpoints and touching in with the intuition of those other people and their ideas. And I think sometimes um, that's how really good ideas do move forward because um, even if one person is saying, no, I, you know, I don't think this is going to be good, but there's nine other people saying, yes, this would be good. And using and matching at that intuitive level, um, at least hearing the person who's against it, uh, hear them out and see why they're looking at, you know, this might not work. Exactly. And that's exactly what Raphael was talking about at the beginning of our show today in terms of intuition never being either or. Ah, So look at that. That's a great example, whether it's a couple or a whole group of a team of people, whether it's personal or in business, whatever it is, when you work together with others and respecting each person's intuition, what does that mean? It's in many cases, especially like in business or even in, in, in marriages, the people get on opposing sides. If, if they're not in agreement with something, you know, one person says yes and the other person says no or whatever, they, they become opponents. They start to go oppose each other. And, and then it becomes a question of who's right or who's better and who's wrong and who's worse, whose decisions mm-hmm. are worse. It's never like that. Intuition is personal. And so if there's ten, two people or 10 people or 100 people, each person's intuition has to be, oh, that's their intuition. It's not correct or better or worse or anything. And with that particular example Raphael just brought up, I, I remember clearly. And what I did was, oh, communicating with others involved becomes really essential because once I communicated with Raphael about the whole thing, and then I tune into my intuition once again. But this time, it's with a bigger uh, purpose, and it's inclusive, not exclusive, either or, but it's inclusive, including her intuition. Then my intuition told, us, told me, oh, yeah, okay, the overall, this is a better idea. This is going to serve us much more in the long run. That was really great about that, too. Um, I also wanted to talk about levels of intuition that that are kind of fun to play with. For instance, many, many years ago, before computers, before any of that, um, I worked for a rock band, and they asked me to make a poster, and I had no idea how to do that. And so I just I knew from my own experience that when I was having to do something that was new to me, if I just put my thought, I'd really like to learn about this, out into the ethers, that there would be a way I would be guided. And this time, 
I was guided by a dream. And I was actually shown what kind of print shop to go to. I was shown what a half tone was for photograph. You, uh, some of you who are with the early printing you might know what that is, and how to go about creating, how to go about creating uh, that poster. And it turned out really good. I went. I got up the next morning. I went right to the print shop that I dreamed about. <clears throat> Never heard of it before, and the poster came out really good. So that was a fun way to work with my intuition. All right, so I'm going to move to announcements because our next break is coming up. And I wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass, Your Journey and Your Destination, Energy Work to Heal Your Work Life. It's part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. It's happening on Saturday, November 13th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You'll learn how to do psychic energy work to help you make every aspect of your work life not only more productive and less problematic, but also more fun. We could always use a little more fun in our workspace. We also wanted to take a moment to invite you to our annual holiday seminar weekend. We normally offer in the greater Los Angeles area, but we're going to do it once more as a special remote for teleclass plus bonus Zoom post-class Q&A and social over the weekend of Saturday, December 4th and Sunday, December 5th. The two teleclasses for each day will go from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 12 noon to 2 p.m. all in Pacific time. With the post-class bonus Zoom session, say that 20 times, uh, starting at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time on that Sunday. So please be sure to mark your calendars and stay tuned for all the details in our upcoming shows, website, newsletters, and social media posts. You can join our newsletter by going on our website, by the way. If you haven't signed up yet to receive our free monthly newsletter, As I just said, go to our website, michaeltamora.com, and sign up. Any questions you have about any of our upcoming events and classes, feel free to call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time. I know that was a lot of announcements, but we have great events coming up, and we'd really love to have you join us for them. In just a bit, we'll continue with Trusting Yourself, Living by Intuition. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's good to have you back. We've been exploring what it is to trust yourself and live by intuition. Especially during these times of global awakening and transformation, you need to be able to rely on what you intuitively know to be true for yourself. But even more than that, a major part of the awakening of humanity is about all of us becoming aware of the truth within us and the truth about who we are. So let's continue with what we can do to trust ourselves more and live by what we knew, what we know to be true within us. I'm, I'm having quite the day today. <laughs> well, I'd like to give you some examples of intuition, which are fun. And Michael was talking earlier about sometimes when he makes a wrong turn and it turns out it saves his life because he doesn't end up going to a place where there's a shooting or something like that. Well, I've also had my going the wrong way experiences while driving my car and it, this sort of thing has happened so many times. I actually make a note of certain things when I when it when it happens. So, like a number of years ago, I was driving around um, Mountain View area of California, and I didn't live there or anything. I was going somewhere there, and I made a wrong turn, and I ended up driving along this little. Uh, the street, which was uh, sort of hidden, there was a creek on one side and a really sweet little apartment building on the other side. And there was something about going down the streets, like, where the heck am I? And I realized I was in Palo Alto, um, which is on the border of Mountain View. And I turned around and went out, but it just kind of stuck with me. And then a couple of months later, I ended up looking for apartments. And, and when I was looking down the newspaper, I found this one, and when I went to it, it was the exact building (laughs) of the place I had made that quote-unquote wrong turn. So sometimes Mm -hmm. spirit shows me my future when I make wrong turns, so I always like to make a note of it. And I had another one happen uh, very similarly, and it was really odd because there was a a little twist to this one. I got off, I was, uh, we were still living in Mount Shasta, and I was driving up to go to my hairdresser in Medford, which is about an hour and a half drive over a mountain pass. And I took the wrong exit. And it's one of those, you know, I, I always time it just so I get there on time. Well, this was going to make me late. And I was a little upset with myself as I was going up the ramp. It's like, oh, no, I took the wrong ramp. And I got up to the top and there's this building right at the top across the street of the street you turn left or right on once you come up a ramp. And it said the Medford Eye Center which is uh, obviously a medical center of some sort. And I, I had that same experience of it lit up. And so within a few weeks, I ended up having a very major eye issue. <laughs> so I looked around uh, and did my research and found out this was the best place in the area. And so I made an appointment to go there a few weeks later. And when I went and I took that same ramp, the weird thing was 
the the center was not right at the top of the ramp where I saw it when it first when I first <laughs> saw it. It was you had to turn right on that street. You had to go up to the next light, turn turn right, and it was on the left side. I know I did not make those extra turns. It was right there. So, so I don't know how spirit does that, but it was something I made a note of and ended up uh, having a very good experience there. But I followed my intuition. You know, when I was looking up all these different, there were different eye centers closer to where we lived, but I just kept getting pulled to that one, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I remember another one where when we were looking for our dog turned out to be the one that we call Shanti, the Great Pyrenees. And we knew our previous dog, an Akita, Aiko, was going to reincarnate. And we knew she was going to reincarnate as this fluffy white snowball of a a cloud fluff of a, a puppy. And with a curled tail. And so we did research on what kind of a dog is that? And we finally figured out it looks like a great Pyrenees. And so we went looking for, okay, where are we going to get a great Pyrenees? And Raphael goes online and uh, uh, you found a website or something. Oh, no, you found a, a breeder. No. Oh, no, no, no. That was that was uh, uh, in the uh, – I, I wasn't thinking about – that's the wrong animal. It's it's our cats, and and uh, our cat Magic was going to reincarnate, and we figured out that she was going to reincarnate as a Tonkinese. And uh, after doing you know external research and pictures, and okay, that's what she's showing us. She's going to come back as a Tonkinese. Yeah, it came as a dream, and also several of our psychic students would say, "Your cat's coming back as a as a Tonkinese," and I said, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, we didn't even know what that breed was. <laughs> and so so Raphael goes online and she starts looking up Tonkinese breeders in the area or closest to us or whatever, and and she finds one. And she earmarks it, bookmarks it, and says, okay, that's a possibility. But she didn't, you know, decide on it. And she wanted to look at several options, even those that if we had to travel across the country to find her, you know, that's... that's we would have been willing we to. We would have been able to do that. So she she tries to go find other breeders, <laughs> but online... It kept on bouncing her automatically back to that one breeder. I even deleted it off of my, you know, history and everything, and it yeah, still did. It, it still brought it back to the same. <laughs> What's the chances of that with how many, you know, trillions of of websites, right? And uh, so she finally goes, "Okay, we better check into this one," and and we did. And as soon as the breeder said, "Oh yeah, we had a, a new litter," and I'm gonna send you a picture of a couple of them that you might like. And as soon as I saw that printed picture of these, you know, little precious uh, little kittens, I go, oh, there she is. That's <laughs> the one. And I don't know who the other one is yet, but <laughs> Raphael says, well, let's, let's have both of them. Great. The other one turned out to be a, a cat we had for a, a short, short period. Time. Yeah. Yeah. That's another story for another time. Yes. But you know, Michael was starting to tell a story of Shanti um, by accident, and that one was actually incredible. Oh, yeah, that's that a was long incredible. story. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell a, a short version of it. It was a February 2nd of the year, I think it was 1996, and 
uh, or 97, actually. And it was a beautiful day in Colorado where we were living at the time. Every tree, everything was covered with ice. It was so beautiful. I had pulled, I was going to go take a load of Michael's books to mail because we had just published his book at the time, You Are the Answer. And we were mailing them out ourselves (laughs) before we had a a full publisher. And I had a carload of those to to take. And um, I went back and got my camera and just took pictures all the way down the hill. And I parked right next to a brand new, what had opened up next to the store where, the UPS store where I was going to mail these out from, a brand new tiny little pet store. And I got out of my car with this armload of books and um, it was almost like somebody pushed my face to look in the window and of course there were puppies in the window. And I saw this one little white puppy with a curled tail and my heart leaped up into my throat. It was like I recognized, or at least I thought I did for the moment, something. <laughs> but I I was still grieving the loss of Ico. So I went into the, the uh, UPS store with all my books, and it took about an hour in there to take care of everything to mail them off. And I got out, and I was walking past the storefront again. And same thing, my face was pushed to look, and I knew... I I knew it was her, but I just opened the door and the owner was right inside the door. And I just said, what kind of dog is that? And he said, it's a great Pyrenees. And um, uh, I kind of knew what that breed was, but I got back in my car and I called Michael and and I said, you better come down here. Uh, I think I found her. (laughs) And I was, since I had that, I I talked about my emotions that day like a train wreck. I was grieving for Iko still because she hadn't died that long ago. And I was extremely joyful to reconnect with her. So I got, I turned on my car and I went to the hardware store to kind of forget <laughs> about it. And Michael came down after being in a reading with somebody really important to him. And uh, the rest is history. You know, there's a lot more to this story, but it was an incredible joyful reunion and I knew it was her from the first from the first touch in and uh, when Michael went in she eventually did this little dance for him that Iko used to do as yeah. an adult no other dog ever did that and and it's a very specific dance every time I came home she would do that in her cr- large uh, what do you call crate. it not crate not crate but uh, her her space kennel kennel yeah and uh uh, that was our greeting. That was her greeting to me. And, and when I saw this puppy that was no longer in the window by the time I got there, but back in the crate, and she did the whole thing as a little puppy in the crate, and I'm going, oh, my God. And the connection was so strong. It's, there's no, you know, I went because Ravi says I'm just too emotional to really – uh, trust my intuition. I, I'm pretty sure it's her, but but I don't know. I need you to second opinion. <laughs> and so I go, oh, I says, oh boy, I, 99% sure. And even the manager, the owner of the store, uh, looks at the whole psychic communication between myself and and former Ico, 
as a great Pyrenees pup. And he just goes, whoa, you guys have this connection. <laughs> Even his intuition, you know, he, he just knew there was, wow, amongst, there was probably 30 other dogs, puppies in the whole room. And uh, he says, well, would you like me to bring her out and you guys can have a playpen and you can spend some time together? Sure enough. She was all over me and said, okay, what's taken you so long? <laughs> I've been waiting for you guys. <laughs> and she literally did that. And I found out later that um, the vet who was the the vet tech, who was the last one to take care of her before she died as Ico, um, had taken care of her just weeks before because she had some kind of illness Um uh, waiting for us. She had been yeah. there. For, uh, she came there as a six-week-old puppy, and she was already 12 weeks. And the same old. vet tech took care of her that took care of her in the previous lifetime. So, yeah, that it's was pretty cool. Pretty amazing. But, you know, we're talking about intuition, so a lot of it is really moment-to-moment. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when you wake up in the morning, can I afford to sleep another five minutes? Will it put my day off too much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, practicing with small things like that will make it help you get your certainty so that the larger decision making yes. things that you need to really make the right decisions about and tune into that intuition for the truth will turn out a lot better. And uh, one more thing is is not being really practicing letting go of uh, any attachment to outcome. This is where people freeze up is because they're attached to the outcome. It has to turn out this way. And what if I follow this, my intuition and it doesn't, it turns out the other way, you know, and, and that's, you have to let go of whichever way it goes. What you're trusting is yourself and you can trust yourself that you're going to be with you <laughs> forever. <laughs> Even if you go, oh, I can't stand myself. But hey, you're still you're stuck with you <laughs> funny. for the long run. Yes. So, you know, one of my favorite uh, places to pay attention to intuition is driving. And a lot of times you will hear your guides through your intuition. Um, of course, I've mm. spoken many times about that. And, you know, our friend Bill Bennett talks about when, when he heard a voice say, slow down while he was driving uh, early, early in the morning before the sun was up, and he didn't yeah, at first. He made a movie about that called PGS, the in, movie. In, right? intuition, intuition is your personal guidance system. Yes. You can yes. look it up online and Yes, his intuition did save his life because he finally did slow down enough to not be run over by a truck. Well, we're at the end of our show again. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that our shows offer you much to reflect upon in your life, as well as some psychic tools to help you navigate through these challenging times. Be sure to join us next Wednesday when we'll explore what it is to live your psychic life and live the miracle. There's way more to your life than meets most people's eyes, and you're living during these times of global awakening for a purpose. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass Saturday, November 13th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on your journey and your destination energy work to heal your work life as part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series. Check our website or call our office at 530-926-2650 and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noelle, for details or to sign up. 
Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 